I want to read this word out of Luke. You know, these are crazy times. This is Luke chapter 12, if you can go there. Crazy times that we're living in. You know, you're hearing our supposed president say things that it would be hard to believe would be said in Soviet Russia or in Nazi Germany. Just crazy kind of proclamations and who gives him the right to make these decrees. And, um, you know, we sang that song this morning where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. And we're free people. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? And He has made amazing promises to His people. His, he says that if we have been set free by the blood of Jesus, that we're no longer in bondage. We're no longer in bondage to our sin. We're no longer in bondage to our worries. We're no longer in bondage to whatever it is. You fill in the blank. And, you know, there's things that are going on right now that could cause our flesh to worry. You know, it could cause us to say, wow, what's going to happen, man? Where's this all going? How is this going to end up? In his word, this is in Luke chapter 12, verse 22. And the heading of my Bible says, Don't, do not worry, is what it says. Do not worry. But it goes on in verse 22. He said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, nor have neither storehouses nor barn. God feeds them. Or of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, could add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you, even the uh, Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. That's the promise in God's word. You know, it's interesting, um, before I pray, I'm just going to read this last section here. Do not fear, little flock, for it's, it's your Father's good a pleasure to give you the kingdom. And it says in verse 33, Sell what you have and give alms to provide yourself money bags that do not grow old, treasures in heaven that do not fail, where no thief approaches and moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Isn't it amazing that God a lot of times tests us with our money? He tests us with our actual material goods, what we're going to do with it. Are you going to put it into action? Are you going to trust me with something here and, and put it up there? But there's a promise. There's a reciprocal promise with that. Just like it says in Malachi, test me now that if I would not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that cannot be contained. He wants us to put our faith into some sort of an action. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. We thank you for the truth that has set us free from the bondage of a low life, a life that is lived on an earthly level. We thank you, Lord, that we inhabit the things of the kingdom, 
We thank you for the Holy Spirit that gives us faith, that it builds our faith so that we can live beyond uh, our circumstances. That we look to you for every need. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless this word, that you would breathe life upon it through your Holy Spirit. That it would be meaningful, that it would have application to our daily situation. That it wouldn't be some platitude, but it would be something that we can put into practice on a daily basis. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, you read this, and you think to yourself, does this survive to 2021, a word like that? Does this really uh, work in this age? It says in the, in the book of Hebrews, it says, God, who cannot lie, has given us these great and precious promises in his word. He's given us promises that we can attain to, and the key is having faith. It says we attain our salvation. It says that we are saved by grace through faith. And that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So what happens is we come to an experience with God. Normally we have this, this love affair when we first come to the Lord. And we're just like on this high but God didn't intend us to live on the mountaintop. He brings us down into real life, in real life situations where there's people that are maybe taking advantage of us, or there's enemies, or there's somebody who rips you off, or you don't have enough food, or, or money for the you know, monthly needs, or whatever it is. And God says, what are you going to do now? And it's just like his disciples. He goes out into the wilderness three days and he goes, well, send them home. The disciple says, send them home because they're going to faint along the way. He says, you give them something to eat. That's an amazing thing right there. You're with the creator of the universe, and he tells his disciples, you give them something to eat. And he, they're like, that's a lot of people. And yet, there was somebody there who had faith, the Lord being the key. And he goes, what do we got? And he took the little that he had, and he broke it, and he distributed it, and fed that multitude. And you're thinking, well, yeah, that, that was back in the day. But is God the same today, yesterday, and forever? He's always the same. And all he was looking for was somebody who had some faith to take him out of his word and say, well, you know what, let's just do it, what he says. Let's do what he says, and then we'll see the results of that. And that's what God is looking for right now in this day, in this age. And you're like, but you don't understand, Pastor Jay, they're bringing mandates that says that if I don't do this, this, and this, and I'm going to possibly lose my job. Lose Lose <laughs> The thing is, God's got us. The thing is, walking by faith sometimes is not a comfortable thing. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. You know, I, I've been through, we've been through stuff with the Lord that it was like, it felt like this, that you're driving down the freeway and the Lord tells you you're going at 70 miles, 80 miles an hour in the mainland. And you're driving 80 miles an hour the, on the freeway and he says, okay, I want you to take your hands off the wheel. And you're like, What? Just take your hands off the wheel, trust me. And like I said, a lot of things in the kingdom are counterintuitive. It's like that wouldn't come to mind to do something like that. That's, that sounds crazy. And so you're like, oh, and you're, you're like holding on to the wheel like, like this. And then all of a sudden, all right, all right, I'll let go of the wheel. I'll let you. You take it, Lord. You drive this thing. And it goes, okay, now I want you to put this blindfold on right now. And you're like, what? And that's how it feels at times. But God is in control and God is watching over the circumstances and he didn't bring us this far to let us fail. But it might feel that way. And we have to thank him, we have to praise him that you got a plan with this God. You know what you're doing. 
You know exactly what you're doing. And he's waiting for us to come to him with that confession. And if we screwed up in that, or if we're grumbling in that time, even bring that before him and says, Lord, I'm sorry that, that I was being a wimp and I was grumbling over this. But Lord, you know, and I don't want to be this. I want to confess faith. I want to speak faith right now so that you are receiving glory in heaven. I want to I wanna give you glory by the way that I conduct myself. That's the, when the Word of God says your conversation, it doesn't only mean your words, but it means your conduct. Who you are as a person should be giving God glory in the trials. And that's where it's really in the crucible. That's in the heat of the trial. The, Peter says that, you know, that, our, that our faith that is much more precious than gold, though it be tried with fire, that's where it's birthed right there. When it's inconvenient, when it's hard, when it doesn't make sense. And the testimony says, Lord, but you have a plan. I'm going to trust you because you were faithful back then. I'm trusting that you're going to be faithful out into the future. And we give him glory in that. Even though we don't see a solution on the horizon. Even though we don't see anything happening. You know, it's like the time that, not this time we moved, but the, the time that we moved from Avalau, the property that we're at, to the uh, property up in Kula. And we're getting, we're clocking it down. And I'm already thinking to myself, I don't understand why we're moving. And my attitude was not so good about the whole thing, I must admit. But I go, okay, Lord, you must have a plan here. So we decided that if we're going to do this, we're going to do it the best we can. And we left that property immaculate. We left it so clean. There was no remnants of dust there. Whatever, we repainted the inside of the house. We cleaned the car. We did whatever we had to do. And in the midst of moving... You normally would start lurking, looking for a house to move into. And my wife gets in her spirit. The Lord is telling me not to look for a place. I'm like, what? Well, just add that to the list now. <laughs> Don't look for a place. And so it's like a trapeze. A trapeze, you know, the, the flying trapeze. It's like you're, you're, you're going, okay, I'm ready to swing. Boom. And then you let go. And there's like, is anybody going to grab me here? And so that's how we felt. And as we're ready to leave our place, Mika and Tammy had their place, their cottage open for like 10 days. They said, you can come up. And we put our, we whittled our earthly possessions down to a little storage a container down in Kahului somewhere. We, we gave away stuff. We did this and boom, and burned stuff and left stuff and whatever. And we got it down to a, a storage container. We had a, a little bit of earthly possessions in our car or whatever. And we stayed over there. And the 10 days is clocking down that we could stay there. And they said, well, if, if, you, know, if you don't find something, you can always stay in our house. We'll open up a room for you. And we're thinking, I think we've, this is about the 10-day grace period is good. And so at that point, we look for a place. And all of a sudden, this, this, this place is, we looked at a couple and they're like, man, this is not happening. And all of a sudden, a place opens up in Kula on the last minute, and my wife calls, and, and I said, you know, I came home from doing something, and she's, you know, looking a little disturbed. I go, what? I thought, I thought those guys are, you know, there was a place up in Kula we could move to. She goes, nobody called us back. And I said, well, let's pray. So we prayed right there. Boom, right there, the phone called. The phone rang right there. Meet us up in Kula. We go up there. Never met this lady in our lives. She goes, oh, yeah, you guys look like the right people. Hands us the key. Didn't sign nothing. Didn't give no deposit, nothing. Here, you guys can just move in here. We, we trust you. I was like, wow. And we moved. Mika guys helped us move. Gave us let, the next day, let us borrow some furniture. But that's how moving by faith is at times. It just don't make sense. You wouldn't do that naturally. 
You just wouldn't. And in fact, we were at David McDonald's tent revival up with Pastor Rob, and he's up there in the front. We didn't talk to him. He just got to the island. We didn't even talk to him. And he's over there preaching in front of everybody, and he stops because he wants us to sit in the front. And he stops and he goes, You know, the Lord is telling me that he's got a place for you, and stop looking for a place to live in. Just like that, I was like, Wow. Same word. Same word. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit tells us to do things sometimes that are counterintuitive. That are That's like crazy. But yet if we follow it, we follow the lead, that's where the door to amazing experiences open up. That's where the door to things that are supernatural open up. A supernatural realm that we would not have access to otherwise. But faith is the key that opens up those doors. We're all going to have to live like this. We're all, I, I believe that, you know, we're coming into a time where we're going to be more and more reliant on the things of God and not so much on our natural resources. I think that's what God wants from each one of us. And that might seem scary, but it's actually a good thing because God is faithful. God is always faithful. And He will not leave us hanging. He'll always have something for us when we step out in that platform of faith. Let me go on in this same chapter here. Um, ver, uh, chapter 12, verse 35. And this is, uh, you know, last week was the Feast of Trumpets, or Rosh Hashanah. And we are entering in, like you said, a new year on the Jewish calendar. And, you know, I was hoping, um, Gretchen and I were, were joking with each other because we were working so hard to get the place that we're living at now in order. And we're like, man, we're working so hard. And what if the Lord comes back on Rosh Hashanah? He comes back at the trumpet blast and they go, well, that'd be good. And maybe we'll leave it for somebody else. This nice place to live now. But it wasn't this month. It wasn't this month, or it wasn't this, you know, calendar. Um, we don't know for sure. You know, some people postulate that the Lord fulfilled all the spring feast in, in the things that He did, the resurrection, um, uh, the, the day of Pentecost, and all the feasts that He fulfilled, the four that He fulfilled. There's three that are left. The next one on the calendar is the Feast of Trumpets, which would coincide nicely with the rapture of the church, the catching away of His church. And if it was this past week, or that would have been nice. I'm, I'm happy to be with the Lord. And yet, whether we're here for another who knows how long, just like Paul said, you know, if we stay, it'll be for the service of the Lord. And so we pray for His grace to do what we need to do. But this is what it says in this chapter. It says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for the master when he will return from the wedding. That when he comes, he knocks, he may open him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down and eat and will come and serve them. What a promise from the Lord that he wants us to be watchful. That I think that one of the things the Lord has done a favor for his church right now, as the world waxes in its appeal, as you look at the world, it says, man, this world got nothing to offer us anymore. And our eyes should be gazing heavenly word and says, Lord, I'm waiting for that sound of the trumpet. I am invested in all your kingdom. I'm all in. And I would love for you to come today. Can we say that? Even though I got a nice place to live now with new appliances, I would love the Lord to come today. Hallelujah. Right? Our eyes are watching for His return. It's like somebody comes outside, you know, and looks, and look down the road. Is it, is it today? Could the Lord come today? Could this be the day? 
It says in verse 40, therefore, or what did I leave off here? I'm sorry. Let me just go at 38. It says, if you should come in the second watch, or no, 37. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you, will gird himself, have them sit down and eat, and will come and serve them. That's a special promise to a watchful church, the people that are waiting, anticipating his coming. It says, and if you should come in the second watch, or come in the third watch and find them, so blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. I think a lot of people were expecting him to come in this Rosh Hashanah. That's what I think. But we need to keep our focus upon him and says, man, it could be on an hour that we don't expect. That we should be watchful every day. That our heart should be, our affections towards should be towards the things of his kingdom. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. So if we make his priority, his things, the priority in our life, his kingdom. That thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I would pray that you would come today. But if not, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You know, to just keep that, that heartfelt um, connection there. Verse 41, it says, Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak these parables only to us or to all people? And the Lord said, Whom then is that faithful and wise steward whom the master made him ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find him so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler of all that he has. But if the servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat his male and female servants, and eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come in a day when he is not looking for him, and in an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, who knew his master's will, and did not prepare himself to do according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes, but he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few for everyone to whom much is given from him much will be required and to him much has been committed to him they will ask the more we are responsible to the knowledge that we have in our hearts in regards to the lord so we look and we see the signs of the time and we realize that this whole covid business this wasn't about a disease. This is about putting an infrastructure in, in place as a control grid. We're wa watching come before our eyes right now. We're watching things as the prophets wrote down, that John wrote down in, in, the, in the book of the Revelation, and saying, how could this possibly be? How could they track every single individual on this planet? This infrastructure is going in right now. This is what's happening with this taking of our rights as Americans. This is what's happening. This is not just a United States thing. This is not a Hawaii thing. This is global, what's going on right now. And you can see the pushback in some countries. You can see the pushback in Australia. You can see the pushback in Europe. You're going to see more and more pushback here in the United States as they start tightening the screws down on this. This has nothing to do with a disease. This is about controlling people. This is pushing us towards a global government. This is pushing us towards the Mark of the Beast, chapter 13 in the book of Revelation. And we are not participants of that mess. 
This is where this is all headed. This wants to track and trace and keep control over all the populace of the world. But who the sun sets free is free indeed. We are not slaves. We are free people in Christ Jesus. You know, it's just like, you know, people are citing the Constitution and our constitutional rights have been trampled. But we have a word here that supersedes the Constitution. It's the word of God. And if we have the faith to believe God over our circumstances, God is a God who is good for his word. That we must have boldness, we must have courage in this hour to stand up for what is true and not capitulate, not to cave in. But everybody else is doing it. But we're not everybody else. We're God's children, amen? We are heirs. We are sons. We're daughters of the Most High God. That he has a plan for us. He's a track for us to run. He, he says there, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. It says when, when your lungs are burning right now, you're running that last lap. And we're, you can hear the cheer of the saints, that heavenly cloud of witnesses as we're running in towards the stadium. And they're ready to cheer us on the last anchor, anchor lap. This is not the time to quit. This is not the time to cave in. This is the time to say, Lord... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you be for me, who can be against me? Even if I die, we win. And we're all appointed to die at some point, except the rapture of the church. There is a generation that will not see death. What if it's us? What if it is us? It says for us to be watching. It says for us to be aware. It says for us to be uh, aware of the season. It goes on in verse 54 of this chapter. It says, He also said to the multitudes, Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming. And so it is. Here in the islands it says, If you feel a hot south wind blowing, what are you going to get? You're going to get a cone of rain coming in. You know, I, We haven't had one of those really nice Kona storms in a while. But you remember how it was before it would blow that hot, moist wind like it's coming out of Tahiti or something for a couple of days. And it's miserable. It's steamy hot. And then all of a sudden, whoa, it'll rain like nobody's business. And green up all Kihei and Lahaina and everything, the central Maui. Beautiful rain. That's the same thing he said. We see the Kona wind blowing. You feel that hot, moist air coming in. You know it's going to be a Kona storm. Verse 55, and when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and the earth, but how is it that you don't discern this time? Do you discern the time? where There's people out there are absolutely clueless to what's going on right now. If you have any understanding of what the Bible said, bells should be ringing in your head. The Lord is coming back. The earth is moving towards a new world order. They're saying that now. In Australia, did you see that? We're moving towards a new world order. They're going to limit everybody's choices down. It's like we're, like we're cattle in a field that are just moving towards the, the chute that put you into the cattle trucks and take you off to the slaughterhouse. But God. God has a plan for his people. God has a job for his people. We have faith. We're not subject to this world. We're not subject to uh, the fear God has delivered us from fear. We have to have faith. Fear and faith cannot coexist. Faith comes by reading the word of God and putting it into practice. That thing that he says, you don't want to fear? Do this, believe this, and then do this. 
Give some stuff to the poor people. It says, then that'll provide for yourself money bags that never grow old. That's like, wow, what a trip. But I need stuff right now. Give it away. It's, it's a promise right here. It's like entering into a supernatural kingdom when we put his word into action. That faith is an action word. James says, you show me your faith, and I'll show you my faith by the things that I do. Amen? Faith without action is basically dead, without works. We need to put our faith into action. Regardless, whatever it is, we listen to what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, and we're obedient to do it, and God is glorified. That, we're united to the vine, we pray, God does His thing, and we are overjoyed. You ever, when, when God answers a prayer, what is the feeling that you have right there in your heart? It's like, yes, God heard my prayer. God heard my prayer. It's just like Spencer, what you did, that's exactly what God is. We screw up. We're humans. We're subject to weakness. We go, we veer off. We're like sheep, the Lord says. We're like sheep. We're, we're oh, constantly going astray. Oh, I'm going to go eat pasture over here. Don't go eat over there. You got fireweed in that, man. That's not good stuff. And then we finally come, oh yeah, I shouldn't have been over here. Boom, we go back in and just confess it. Have faith in the Lord. Boom, we, he'll answer our prayers. That's all he's looking for. It's not about our performance. It's not, okay, I'm, now I've been a good boy. Then I deserve what you got. No, do you have faith to believe what Jesus said and just appropriate it regardless? That's all it is. It's we're, we're saved by faith. We're kept by faith. The door of miracles is open by faith. The door of provision is open by faith. Everything is acted by, activated by faith in the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, one of the things, as we see this temperament, we see this climate change coming, and I don't mean in Al Gore terms, but I just see, we see the climate changing. We see the storms rolling in. And, and what do we do? It says in Matthew 6 that the storms will come. It comes to the saved and it comes to the unsaved. But if we're founded on the rock, the house that is built on the foundation of Christ will stand the shaking. It'll stand the storm. It will make it through this thing. Amen? The thing is... In this time of waiting, in this time of seeing the fruition of God's word come to pass here, our hearts could be discouraged. And I want to read this from Luke 21. It says, but take heed to yourselves. This is Luke 21, 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, and drunkenness and the cares of this life that that day come on you unexpectedly what happens is we get discouraged and we're looking for relief we're looking for reprise in this and then we might revert back to the things of our old ways in the world and it might be a temptation for us to alleviate this stress and some people are turning to whatever you fill in the blank and God says don't do that but keep your vision upon me. Keep your vision firm upon me. Because what we have is so fantastic waiting for us. We don't want to sell short of anything. I don't care what the... You know, I just saw a testimony of this guy on the anniversary of 9-11. And he was some kind of scientist who was in, in, you know, whatever. But it sounded very credible to me. 
But he basically says he was involved with putting the detonate or the demolitions in the buildings at 9-11. Did anybody know that when you saw that, that was not caused by a plane hitting that building? That was a controlled demolition, right? And this guy, it just came down and not only you know those two trade center towers came down and filled their own footprint boom collapse building seven that didn't even get hit by a plane went down in the same manner and so something's fishy going on here right and there's these engineers for 9-11 truth that were saying this is not right this is a lie and you remember when we were preaching about the truth there's no, Jesus is about the truth, right? And so this thing happened. Finally, on the 20th anniversary of this, uh, this guy comes forward and he says, I was actually involved with placing the detonators within the building. And he goes, it doesn't matter because nobody pays attention anyway. And there's nothing going to happen. And what happened was he got a terminal illness and he wanted to make his conscience clean. But can you imagine doing something that killed 2,000 uh, 2, people that day and untold many, you know, how many uh, firemen or first responders got sick from the stuff that was going on there and then you made a little bit money for it. Can you imagine the conscience you would feel? It's like his life is clocking down and he's thinking, wow, I sold out for my 30 pieces of silver. A lot of people are doing that right now. You're seeing a lot of crazy going on in the world. What would motivate people to do the things that they're doing? What would motivate a doctor not to speak up with the things that they're seeing right now? Money? My status? I can't speak up because what will my peers think? You know what I'm saying? This is times that, these are times that try men's soul. These are the times that character in the crucible of the time that we're living will show forth what we are made out of right now. Amen? We want to be on the right side of this because what we have is so amazing. Number one, we have eternal life. Hallelujah. Number two, we have an inheritance that it doesn't even really spell it out because it's so vast. An inheritance. Like you're attached to the most wealthy, good, honest, um, beautiful person and says, I share my inheritance with you forever. What a poor deal anybody's making right now to sell out to this, man. What a poor deal they're making. We should be pitied them right now. That we have this hope that's contained in Christ. That we've received it by faith. That he qualified us to be partakers of this for eternity. Do we have anything to be praising the Lord over? Let me read verse 34 in closing. It goes this. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. It could happen today. Maybe our calendars are wrong. Maybe they will hear a trumpet blast. But who knows? Maybe it's another 10 years from I don't know. But the thing is, we need to keep our eyes. What will give us the perseverance is to know who we are in Christ, to know what is waiting for us, to know what he's done for us, to love him above every other temporal thing, to love the Lord. will give us the, the steadfastness. It will give us the, the perseverance to deal that as we swim against this tide and, get, and the resistance is stronger, it says, but I've got a destiny. I've got an appointment with eternity. 
And I will not be missing by the grace of God. That's who we are in Christ. That's the promise of his word. And God is not a man that he should lie. What it says here is true. We're seeing it coming out in living color nowadays. We're just seeing it getting more and more and more clear. But he says, when you see these things begin to happen, lift up your eyes, lift up your head, because a redemption drawed nigh. Make sure that our, we're girded, our waist is girded, and our lamp is burning in this dark time. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray.